Hello and welcome to the spiritguides.co.uk network radio show with your host, Mark Chatterton. A few months ago, I had the privilege of interviewing spiritual mentor and medium Angela Donovan about her new book, The Wish. Today, I'm pleased to welcome on the show Angela's husband, Andrew, who will be talking about his experiences with the Nadi Palm readers of India. Such was the impact of his visit that Andrew and Angela ended up writing a book about this, their experiences entitled The Hidden Oracle of India, published by O-Books. So a warm welcome to you, Andrew. Hello, Mark. Thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to be with you. And good evening to everyone who's listening. Great. Well, before we start talking about the Nardi Palm leaf readers, yes. could, could you tell us a little bit about your background? I understand that for much of your working life, you've, you were an architect. Yes. I, I, in fact, I was an architect until uh, the same year that we actually found the Nardis, would you believe? I don't think there was any direct relationship between my my leaving architecture and, and becoming uh, convinced of the Nardi path, but certainly it was the same year. I've been an architect for, what, best part of 25, 30 years, actually, and uh, a very orthodox way of life, orthodox background in education, um, so really, uh, the Nardis, as I hope well, I'll be able to explain in due course, was a, a real eye-opener to me, um, as indeed getting married to my wife. Um, yeah, well, that, that, that ties in with my second question, because I was <laughs> going to ask you, how was it that you came across Angela and ended up marrying her then? Uh, we just met at a, at a, at a, at a, a gathering at Kenwood, actually, um, a charity do, and got talking, and... Um, Obviously, the talking went on longer and longer. We, we hit it off immediately and spent more and more time together. And although I was, uh, shall we say, a bit daunted, to put it mildly, um, by her, her own background as a medium and, and spiritual mentor, of which I had no knowledge, uh, and found it quite terrifying to start with, slowly but surely I was introduced to, um, shall we say, the family of spooks and things that went bang in the night and all the rest of it, and became more and more acclimatized to it. And... Eventually, we, we just settled down together and we, we got married. So that's how that started, in a sense. Um, but, of course, the Nardis was quite a different thing, in a way. Yeah. Um, would you say that, until you met Angela, you didn't have much experience and knowledge about the spiritual world? No, I think that's exactly right. I mean, it was not part of my life, frankly. Um, I didn't pay any attention to it. I was... I wasn't, uh, and still am not, a religious man in the orthodox sense of the word. Um, I paid court at Christmas and Easter, and like I imagine an awful lot of other people do, but uh, it had no bearing on my life in that sense uh, at all. So that whole experience, um, especially a spiritual one rather than, shall we say, a religious one, of being with Angela and seeing and meeting her clients and what, what they did and what they experienced, was 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 an amazing um and growing experience for me because obviously it didn't happen overnight it happened over many years but it still happens and is happening each day now as time goes on so none of that is is closed or finished it just is a an ever increasing and enlarging world it's it's amazing it's marvelous right so you went off to india with angela to attend a wedding initially That's right. yes and yes, then you did. ended up going to have a reading with with the nadi palm leaf readers yeah. How was it that you heard about them in the first place? Well, uh, just just before we we we'd been asked out to this this wedding in in Kashmir, and we weren't really intending to go. But at the last minute, I said to Andrew, "Come on, let, let's go. You know, let's have a laugh." So she rang up. We made all the arrangements and that. But she rang some friends in America who had just come back from India and said, "Well, 
good Lord, well, uh, um, you must, you must, if you're going there, go and see the Nardis. And she said, well, who are they? And this person was, was one of uh, Deepak Chopra's assistants and had been working for him. She said, well, Deepak's just been, and he was completely blown away by them. So, you know, this is something you shouldn't miss out on. So Angie said, right, so she took the details. And then came off the phone and told me. And I said, well, what basically is it about? And she said, well, it's, it seems to be that they'll read your, your life <coughs> um, from a palm leaf. And I said, not the palm, the palm leaf. No, no, it's a palm leaf that's been prepared and maintained for hundreds, if not thousands of years. I said, thousands of years? She said, yes, it's been written by one of the seven saints of India from words given to them by Lord Shiva. Uh, at this point, of course, I think, you know, I, I can, I'm sure most people listening will, will readily understand where my mind had gone. I was already thinking this is, you know, this is, this is stupid, it's ridiculous, it can't possibly be, let alone make any sense. But because Angela really was, was intrigued and, and certainly most, most interested, I said, well, all right, well, we'll go along with it. If we can fit it in, well and good. But, you know, we mustn't let it take, up, take us away from Kashmir or the wedding. So that was agreed. Anyway, we got out there, and our, the, the host of our wedding very kindly made arrangements for us to meet up with the, the Nadi office in Delhi on our way through to Kashmir. So we literally got off the plane, went to the Nadi office, and left our thumbprints, which I can explain in a minute um, what the procedure is. And off we went to Kashmir to come back if they found what was supposedly either Angela or my palm leaf, our, the leaf of, of our lives, if you like, each of our lives. So the the leaves themselves are, are not that big, from what I understand. No, they're they're, they're about. I mean, if you if you if you, if you're that old, you, you'll think of, of, of something that's about a foot long, twelve inches long, and about an inch inch and a half wide, and about a, a quarter no less than that, an eighth of an inch thick, and it's closely it's a, literally a palm leaf, part of the palm leaf that's been cut down to suit, and it's been maintained over the years by peacock oil and goodness knows what. And it is literally covered on both sides with this minuscule Tamil script writing because this originates really in southern India and Tamil Nadu. And the Tamil language, either that or Sanskrit, is favoured to be used on the leaves. And these leaves, I mean, there's, there's, well, there must be millions of them, frankly. But by and large, the, the world, for you and I, we've all got different thumbprints. Um, but... The Nardis have got it worked out that, that there's 108 basic types for the, the whole of the world. Right. And these are then called, these are called their categories. And in each category, there are, I don't know how many bundles, but I mean, you know, they, they were going to look for my category, they were going to look for Angela's category after we left our thumbprints. You leave three thumbprints on the ledger, and it's right, right hand thumb for, for the men, left hand thumb for the women. And, um, they literally then study that, and they'll check their categories and sort out the categories that suit that particular thumbprint, and then call you back in and see if you can find your leaf. Um, it all sounds quite fantastic, because all they know of you is you've walked in, you've given your name, my name Angela, I didn't, they didn't know my surname, they've got my thumbprint, and they've got a phone number where I can be contacted so that they can tell me to have my print or my, my leaf or not, or, or my cat or bundles, should we say, of leaves for me to go through with them to find it. Does There's it happen? Else. Sorry. Sorry. 
Does it happen? They did, there's nothing else they know about me. I mean, it's not that I'm mm. I'm Googleable, or at least I wasn't then. Yeah. yeah sure. um, there was no way they. I mean, this is four and a half thousand miles from my normal environment. I mean, I'm in a country that I didn't speak the language. I'd never been there before, so I was meeting people that I thought, frankly, were probably not not con artists. Certainly not that, but you know, on, on the rather stranger side of religion, as far as I was concerned, or spirituality. And I, it was all a bit of a laugh to me, and I didn't really sort of set an awful lot of store by it. But um, uh, fantastic as it was, um, they found my leaf, and, uh, and eventually we were called, well, we left the, the wedding in Kashmir in, in, in the proper order, and came back to Delhi, and, and then we went and saw them. Right, before I get on to what happened with you, is it possible that some people leave their foot their thumbprints and then they can't actually find the leaves for the person or do they yes, find the I leaves mean, every time yes no i don't i don't believe everyone is found i mean subsequently andrew and i have tried taking those people's thumbprints back to india when we've been back and not many if any in fact i think there's only one of those it's been remotely successful um the others we've tried about a dozen 15 20 people and they haven't been able to be found at all and I don't believe everyone can necessarily be found. Mm. Certainly, I think it, it, uh, the Nani's have always said, uh, and, and I, I can well believe, that if you actually make the effort and make the attempt to go and see them, the chances are, you know, your leaf will reward you. It'll turn up and be there for you to meet it. It seems, it's, it's a strange thing to say, but it is this sort of, there is a duality where, the leaf, almost your leaf, almost takes its own persona. You are being summoned. It's not that you're summoning it. It's summoning you because you are destined to meet that leaf or meet up with that leaf mm. at, 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 at one particular time and place in the whole of time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it does, it does start to get uh, very fantastic indeed, Mark, I can assure you. So, yes. So, in, in the book, you say that you went over to India as a skeptic but you ended up having your beliefs transformed by what, what you were told. Could, can you explain to the listeners what exactly happened and some of the things that you were told then? Well, yes, I, I mean, I'll try and make a long story short, although it was only a couple of hours in an afternoon, actually, but it, it seemed like two years at the time. Um, as I said, they, they found our, my leaf and they found Andrew's the day after, but my, let, let's, let's talk about mine for the moment. Um, and we went back on... on the, first available day that they were free in the afternoon after we got back from Kashmir. And uh, I turned up, and I must confess, I was, I was beginning to feel just a tad nervous because um, it's an odd arrangement. It's in the sort of one of the back streets down in downtown Delhi. Um, it's it's uh, three floors up in an apartment uh, over a, um, a Rialtas or a estate agent and next to a vet's. So, I mean, it's a, it's a polyglot of a place to be. And you step into this um, rather dark entrance hall, uh, stroke reception room, which is full of plastic, white plastic chairs with Indians sitting there playing with their mobile phones, obviously waiting for their turn. And these are ordinary people. And when, when we went in, uh, we were terribly embarrassed because we were the only Westerners there. And they all looked up at us amazed to see two white faces in, in English clothes turning up to... Um, to, to, to go through the process. And not only that, but the, the guys you speak with, the, the, the Nardis themselves, they're all white robes, they're all dressed like little priests, which I suppose they are. They're all Brahmins. 
and they're all very austere, uh, very friendly, don't get me wrong, but they're very sort of um, distant in a way. They're very concentrated and, and determined in what they're doing. Anyway, um, they, they, they took me in and we went in and they had, I think the, the guy we met had three bundles or four bundles of my category. And he unfolds these things. There's about 50, between 50 and 100 palm leaves to each bundle. And it's sandwiched between two rather thicker pieces of wood and rolled up in a piece of string. Um, so he undoes the string, takes the, the, the hardwood off, and starts with the first leaf. And literally, you know, he makes a prayer to Kalsika, because this was, this was the saint who trans uh, transcribed, rather, my particular leaf, or this Nardi office, anyway, and started off. And, and literally, um, you go through what seems to be just like a questionnaire. I mean, his first question to me was, you are a Brahmin? And I said, well, no. So he discards that leaf. So basically, I haven't explained, but every time you say yes, you stick with the leaf he's got. Every time you say no to one of his questions, he discards that leaf and goes on to the next one. So slowly but surely, you either work your way through the bundle, or if you've got the right leaf to start with, then you stick with it. So he said, you are a Brahmin. No. So he discards that leaf. Your mother is alive. Yes. Your father is no more. Yes. Uh, your father was a very good man. These, these are the initial... And there's me thinking, well, this isn't... You know, this is <laughs> like being down the pier at South End. This isn't going to be anything great. What, what on earth was Deepak on about? Anyway, he went on. Your mother was a housewife, or is a housewife. She had no job, and like, yes, so we stayed still on this on this same leaf. You have a technical job, no, because by that time I'd I'd sort of surrendered my architecture practice. I'd decided to retire. Yeah. So we discarded that. We went on. That was the end of perhaps pretty well the end of the first bundle. By the time we got through that lot, then we come to the next one. He starts off. Your father was in defence. And I was about to say no, and then the, the translator um, said, well, what that means out here is in the armed services. Well, of course, my father was in the Royal Navy, so I said yes. Um, and then the next question was, your mo mother is running medical expenses, which, again, means she's in you know nursing home or private care or whatever. So I had to say yes. But he said, well, she's not very well. So I said yes and looked at Angela, who was sitting beside me, because uh, my mother was indeed not very well when we left, but you know, not that serious, so we couldn't have come. Anyway, see, we went on. So you are running 55 years? And I said no, because at that time I was you know, really definitely 54. Um, and then uh, the interpreter said again, yeah, but your next birthday you will be 55. So I said, oh, well, yes, no, that's quite right. So you have two vehicles, you are married, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we get, we get to the, the end of the, the second bundle. Um, still not got my leaf. Got close to it once or twice, but it wasn't good enough. Start the third bundle. You are divorced from your first wife. Second marriage is still going on. Yes. I, well, I didn't find that particularly fantastic. No. Um, you know, because I was sitting there with Angela. Although he had no reason to know it wasn't my first wife, but there you are. Um, you have one sister, no, two sisters, no, um, discard that leaf. You have one brother, I, I, started, I said, well, no. And then he looked at the leaf again, and he looked, looked back up at me, you had one brother. And I was about to say no again, and I suddenly remembered that years ago, my mother had said, well, of course, you, you, know, you don't know that you had a brother, do you? But there was a little boy called Angus who died. 
um, before you were born. And so you would, you would have had a brother had he still been with you. Well, at that point, I started to get just a, a little bit more uncomfortable because how on earth would, you know, these people in Delhi know a, an intimate, personal, forgotten detail like that in my life? Mm. Anyway, so we went on. So he stuck with that leaf. Um, he said, you've been married now for 11 or 12 years. Life's going smoothly. Your wife's name is Angela. Well, yes, okay. Um, you've recently moved home. Eight or nine months ago, it's a very good move. Well, that was exactly right also. Mm. Um, you have drastically changed your job. Yes. Now working for yourself. You're doing video and audio work. Well, apart from the fact I couldn't understand how Lord Shiva would have known what video or audio <laughs> meant, um, he was exactly right, because Andrew and I were writing formats for TV at the time. So it was spot on. So I was getting progressively more and more uncomfortable. Then he, the next, the next question, you went to university, you've got a degree in, in, in the arts and a master's. Well, yes. And then he said, in architecture, or architecture is what he yeah. said. <laughs> and yes, now I was beginning to sweat by this time. Your father's name begins with a T. Timothy, yes. Your mother's name begins with a D. Dorothy, yes. And then he, he was smiling at me by this time. He said, well, the, the leaf now says, it is predicted on this leaf that you would come at this age and time and meet it. So by that time, he was fairly convinced, as indeed so was I, that this was indeed my leaf. We'd done my parents, my family, my background my education, my profession, my wives, my career, my houses, my children, or lack of them, the cars, on and on. Everything that he said by the time we got to this last leaf was spot on on that leaf. Um, so <laughs> I was then asked to retire um, and, and wait outside while they prepared the rest of my session, which was the remedies and my future. Um, and frankly, I was shattered by this time, so I was really glad to get out. Yeah. It was, it, it's scandalous, Mark. I don't know if you can appreciate it. Put yourself in my shoes. You're, you're in a foreign place you've never been. You're speaking with people you hadn't really set any store by. Um, you're in a, uh, listening to good enough English, but slightly broken English. You're hearing things about you that no one possibly could know. Um, some of them. Um, at all, but your, your own self. Angela, even Angela didn't know some of the things that he was coming up with. Um, it is a most salutary experience. I really, uh, you know, I can recommend it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, we've taken many people since um, to come along on, on the trips. We, we like to get, make sure other people can experience this too if they, if they want to go that route. And everyone comes out absolutely dazzled by it. It is a most personal, intimate, and life-changing experience. It really is. Anyway, that's all I'm rambling on. So, uh, apart from saying a bit about your background and things that you've done, that they actually tell you things about your future as well, is that Yeah, right? they do. Now, yeah. you see, well, that comes the next bit. That's, I mean, now they've got your leaf, um, now they've got you, your DNA is there, sitting there on the table in front of you. They so can work out from that, um, because it's all coded, your horoscope, and what you need to do to ameliorate or, re or, or, or reduce or remove your sins, which is something I'd never thought I had, but apparently I did. Um, and they'll tell you your future till you, uh, 
you know, from future until you drop, if mm. you want. Um, so after about 40 minutes, we went back in. Um, Angela wasn't going to miss this. She wanted to know what my sins were for one. <laughs> um, and, and I was most curious to know what my future was going to be. But <clears throat> um, they, they, they then went through my future in sort of two-year tranches um, until I, I apparently lived. I didn't want to know precisely, but I apparently lived till my early 80s um, when I started to fail quite quickly. But um, in two-year tranches. And the strange thing is that um, obviously one can't say with certainty that it's all going to come right, um, but it has so far. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there were two or three incidents which happened remarkably quickly, um, which really sort of made me sit bolt upright. I mean, the first one was during this, this second session that afternoon, that same afternoon, he mentioned my mother again. He said, your, your mother is alive. God's blessings are on her. You have medical expenditure on her. She's dangerously ill at this moment, near death, but she will recover. To save her, you must make a donation to her favorite charity. Well, again, I looked at Angela, and she squeezed my hand because, as I said, we 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 come away knowing she was ill, but she wasn't that ill, so mm. didn't think anything more of it. But when eventually, an hour or two later, I got back to the hotel, um, I was summoned to the desk as we went in the lobby. Uh, Mr. Donovan, there's a message for you here. Can I? Can you please take it? So I opened up the envelope, and it was my mother's nursing home. Um, would you please ring? So I went to the room, rang. And the second question I was asked was, had I got an undertaker in mind? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was shock upon shock, actually, um, which was really, you know, quite, um, well, quite remarkable, actually. I, 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 I cannot understand how the Nardis would have known all of that, unless whatever they do is exactly the right thing, that, you know, whatever is written on those leaves is exactly what is, is happening, is, is, is there, is, is preordained, is predestined. Another thing you see happened a month later. I mean, during this second session, again, after him warning us about my mother, um, he said that I would have a stomach operation. Um, um, I will have medical expenditure on that as well, but it'll be all right, so don't worry. Well, again, I poo-pooed this because I was feeling fine. I hadn't even felt any sort of, you know, deli belly or anything like that. But when we came back after... Having had all this session that afternoon, I, I started to feel really quite dizzy. I, I think I went through a catharsis. It was just so dramatic a change to me. It, it shook my belief system to the core that I actually um, started to lose weight badly. Um, and I couldn't be more than 10 feet away from a restroom with any sort of certainty of not embarrassing myself and everyone else. So the journey home was a nightmare. But I went and saw the, the doctor when we did get back and uh, he pretty quickly spotted a, a very bad hernia so I had to be taken into hospital within the month to have this thing seen to so I did have my medical expenditure and the Nardis had also said that um, I will have the same operation in 10 years time <laughs> not that they said what it was so anyway it was really curious because when as I was being wheeled out in the wheelchair from the the, um, the hospital the surgeon was walking beside me. He said, well, I'll see you in 10 years' time then. <laughs> so I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the mesh goes in that time. I'll have to replace it. So mm. I just couldn't believe it. It's a wonder the Nardis didn't give me his name, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
But I mean, those are two examples. But I mean, every uh, the other things since, um, such as the bin. I mean, you know, in two year tranches, there's not things either troll gone as they have been. You know, go smoothly. This will be la la la. Or there are major things that come up. The next major thing to come up for Angela and I, which I think is is supposedly this year, but it depends which year you're running in, if you follow mm. me, um, is that we're supposed to adopt a child. So. We look forward to that with some trepidation. Yes, because I, I, I remember reading that in the book. Um, yeah. It predicted. So at the moment, nothing has happened on that score. No, no. And I mean, the year's running out, so I, I don't know whether... Um, well, I, we'll wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say to you, when, when you said about the future bid and you're told the, the year of your death or your age that yeah. you're going to die, um, some people listening might think that that is a little bit um, sort of over the top so to speak um yes w- would you say that these readings are only for certain types of people or you know would it work for every person or? i don't know you see you don't have to you don't have to um have asked that question you don't have to find out not everyone does i didn't um it's nice to know that you're not you know you're, you're going to go on before your 50s or your 60s or whatever obviously but um <laughs> excuse me sorry um I don't know, uh, with some of the other people that have come out with us, we've all gone out in a way for different things. We've all found our own truths, we've all found our leaves, and we've all found what we wanted to. I mean, there was one chap I know came out because he literally wanted to know when he should retire and what he should do with his money, how he should arrange it. (laughs) (laughs) And it seems the Nardis were able to tell him. There was another lady who was who was working um, doing a contract with some Middle Eastern people, and she wanted to know was it the right form of contract? Should she then develop it into other parts of the Middle East? Blah blah. They were able to tell her that. Not everyone, you see, asks the same questions. We don't all go out there with, um, you know, well, when am I going to die? No, you don't have to do that at all. Um, what about um, the idea, you know, apart from individuals asking questions, sort of asking questions about sort of countries or the world or, you know, the You future. can do, but uh, we, Angela tried that and got somewhere, but that, that, that is a special can-dam. These things are called can-dams. The, the Nardi Grantha, I think it's called, or something is the overall, um, has various, 20, it's up to 24 chapters, but, but there is a different form of, Grantha, which is dealing with world events, and that's a separate thing done, done I believe, by separate Nardis. Um, so we we were hoping to get to them. We've yet to do so, and I think they must be stationed somewhere else or based somewhere else. Because while we've tried to use our Nardis to get through to them, um, we've never actually managed to do it as yet. So. It would certainly be most interesting to get hold of them. And I know they do exist, and I know they have been proven right before, because I remember when I was doing some research on this, trying to find out as much as I could about the Nazis afterwards, that a lot of world history, certainly out in that part of the world anyway, had been proven right by what they'd written down. So I think there's as much sense in that, in a way, as there has been for us as individuals when we've managed to get our leaves as well. Right. So... I understand that you and Angela do organise trips for people That's right, yeah. go, going to India if they want to have the... Yeah, the, it's a lot of fun, it really is. Yes, it is. It's, it's, an ama- it's terribly rewarding. Each little group, we, only, we, we, we deliberately keep it small, so it's, 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 people get to know each other remarkably quickly when you're all up against sort of your own soul, in a way, because that's what you do. You meet your own leaf, it's your own soul. 
it's what you've agreed to do, I think, in your past life. And it's written down there what you intended to be and what you're going to do with that. That's how I rationalize it anyway. And that sort of a discovery, it's not like just, oh, let's go and see the Taj Mahal. I mean, it's, it's far more direct, personal, hard-hitting in a way, and terribly rewarding. And I, I've yet to, I think... Of the scores of people we've taken, it's not that many, but I mean, we have taken a few groups now. I think there's only been one or two who have been slightly disappointed. And I'd only say slightly disappointed because it's a very illuminating experience, whatever. But I think it may have been that they didn't quite find out what they wanted or hoped to find out or perhaps not exactly, you know, the detail they wanted. But um, as I found out in my own way that things that I've got on my tape, because you come away with a tape recording of what the, the, the reader has told you, and he gives you a little booklet as well. Um, each time I listen to that tape, I hear something different. It, obviously, the tape doesn't change. The wording doesn't change. But one's appreciation of what you were being told can change. And what you, the surmise you put on something when you first hear it may not be this, the, the, the actual meaning of it when you get to that point, because situations may have changed, your circumstances may have changed. So I think it's, it's really open to interpretation in the most beautiful of ways, because nothing changes from what they've told you. It's only your understanding of where you're at. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. So going back to your sort of personal viewpoint of, you know, obviously going there sort of changed everything that yeah. you sort of believed in. What, how would you say you, you see yourself now? Well, I'm much more relaxed. I'm much more um, laid back. I don't, I don't worry quite. I mean, I've cancelled the life insurances because there's no point. Why should I pay someone else? I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in here to my 80s. Um, no, I, I am much more relaxed about things. I don't, I don't tend to worry. They tell me things that I'd be doing in my life, which I find both challenging, interesting, and, and, and exciting. So, you know, I'm following the path as best I can. But I don't think it's the path that they've led me to it's the path that i naturally would have found anyway i think but it's nice to be reassured that you're doing what you should be doing <laughs> so um i think it, it made a lot of difference. i mean there's, there's been two or three life-changing moments in my life one was when angela um, my medium wife regressed me and, and proved to me that there was no death which was a staggering experience and the second one, I think, was, was the Nardi Palms, because um, it was such a mind-blower, and it introduced me to such a, a world that I really had maybe imagined existed through Angela's uh, contact and what I learned from what she did and how she did it. But really, like Deepak, I was certainly completely bowled over and blown away by this, and it still staggers me now to think how they do it. And yet... These dark, charming little men do it day in, day out for all manner of people, Westerners, you know, Europeans, anyone from in, around the world can go. And, and, of course, the Indians too. But the Indians themselves almost um, are unaware of them. That's the strange thing. Mm. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a very odd little thing, which is why we called it the Hidden Oracle, because, you know, there's only a small percentage of that country either pays attention to them or even knows about them. They were, they've been spurned for so long. So is is that right that you you might be doing a, a film or documentary about about them? Well, we're talking about it. Yes, I mean we we've actually done several sort of 
runs with it on various production houses in the UK. But now we're talking with um, some other ones who I think are, no, I won't say more serious, that sounds wrong. But you see, what the, what, what they wanted to do in, in with the production houses over here was, A, get celebrities involved. Well, that's not, you know, beyond the wit of man. Obviously, one could do it. But, but over here, or I think television at large, it's in for quick fixes, isn't it? So you, you can't wait two years to find out whether anything significant happened or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like that programme the BBC did, you know, about the child at 7, 14, 21, and so on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you find most production houses, at least the commercial ones, aren't prepared to wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is, in a way, being redrafted in another way to with another group of people to make um, as interesting but slightly different bias. Right, well, our time has come to an end, but I'd like to thank you, Andrew, for all that you've talked us through today, and it's been fascinating, and I wish you well for the future, and if anyone is interested to find out more, you can buy Andrew and Angela's book, The Hidden Oracle of India, from yeah. from most bookshops and online, of course, and um, we'll have all the details on the website anyway. Yes, indeed. Well, it's been a delight to talk to you. I'm sorry if it must have sounded a bit muggled at times, but it's quite a large subject, actually, and it's, um, I suppose, easily said, but not less easily relived. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. Pleasure.